0: Hey, Dennis McKay. Hey, Gary Rayburn. Man, are we going to have our great program today? Oh, it's going to be awesome, dude. So uh, we're going to get in the cab with these drivers and take off down the road. So hit that starter, Dennis. Let's do it. Here we go. All right. listen and enjoy today's program from lonesome road ministries church on the road give us a call we look forward to hearing from you i keep those
1: wheels in from town to town there's so much i gotta see i gotta look around i got diesel Smoke rollin' from two crumb stacks. My address is 408-414, a big blue mag. Now it don't matter where I'm going, I just gotta drive. I have that white line fever to the day that I die. I said 18 wheels rolling on the road, it is my life.
0: The road is our life, and we've got us a great program lined up for you today, don't we, Dennis? We got us a thermos full of hot coffee. Got that driver up there. He just fired that engine up, and he's letting them air pressures build up so we can hit the road here in a second. Uh, That's right, Dennis. Uh, Pour everybody a cup of that hot coffee, and I got a James Payne song that I want to put on before we get into the message.
2: James is an awesome man of God. He is who he says he is. Now, he doesn't have any feelings, and he don't think you should have any either. I mean, he'll tell you how the cow eat the cabbage in a heartbeat, but he does it because he loves people. He loves this ministry, Lonesome Road Ministries, what it's done out there in the industry for the last 18 years in the trucking industry. And we have a uh, conference every year, and James came up here. I invited him. And I, I didn't think he'd come. I mean, what does he want to do with a bunch of old truck drivers? Right. But you know what? He come up here and he said, I've never seen a ministry like this before. The world needs to know about Lonesome Road Ministries because he has a heart for the truck driver. And he's told stories about how he's been down in truck stops and drivers come up to him and say, man, you James Payne. I heard you on Lonesome Road Ministry CDs. Yeah. You know. We've made him world famous. Almost. Almost. <laughs> no, James has been around a lot of years. and uh, he is, Again, he's an awesome man of God. He tells the truth. He tells it like it is. And to be honest with you, he's a man's man.
0: Yeah, he is. He really is. James had a song back in the 90s, I think, that crossed over into the country charts. This song uh, that I'm talking about is a song called The Night Jack Daniels Met John 316.
2: We've all had some of that old number seven, but we sure needed a lot more John 3.16 in their lives.
0: Amen. Amen.
2: I remember when I gave my heart to the Lord, nobody had to tell me I needed to get rid of that spirit. And I came home a couple of days after I gave my heart to the Lord, and I got that half a gallon of gentleman Jack Daniels. Yeah. I ain't going to say I didn't have a tear when I poured it out <laughs> out there in the woods, but I knew in my heart of hearts, like the word said for me in my house, We're going to serve the Lord.
0: So you had a a John 316 met Jack Daniels experience. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Well, let's play the song, okay? Go for it, brother. All right, here you go. James Payne, the night Jack Daniels met John 316.
3: I remember the night, the end of my road, in a motel in Nashville, searching for hope, in my hand was a Bible I read as a child, on the table was a bottle that was driving me wild. I poured the whiskey into the glass I prayed it would help me forget my past Then I read how Jesus died on that tree And I poured out the whiskey and fell down on my knees. And that night old Jack Daniels Met John 3, 16. God's word broke the hope That he had over me I traded Tennessee whiskey For Calvary that night, old Jack Daniels met John three sixteen. Now, when I see those old friends that I used to know down at that old place where I used to go. They tell me I'm different than I used to be. Oh, and I love to tell them what happened to me. That night, old Jack Daniels, met John 3, 16 God's Word broke the hope That He had over me I traded Tennessee whiskey For Calvary's tree That night old Jack Daniels Met John 3:16. That night, old Jack Daniels, met John 3.16. There's nothing like good Christian
0: country music. And when you take good Christian country music and then you pair it up with good Christian country sermons, you got exactly
3: the cream of the crop, in my opinion. Amen. Here's a message by our good friend James Payne. If you have your Bible for just a few moments tonight, we're going to turn uh, to the book of Matthew. And I pray that you carry your Bible. I carry uh, not only a Bible, I carry 16 translations of the Bible, all on this iPad. And I want to read one verse in Matthew the 16th chapter, verse 13, and before we read that I want to just take a moment and uh, set the stage for when this was written, by who it was written, by who it was spoken, and uh, what was going on. Jesus is the one that is doing the speaking here, and there seems to be some controversy about who he is. And uh, there seems to be some controversy today about who he is. Uh, he is not Allah. And uh, he didn't move uh, upon men to write the Koran. Uh, in case no one has told you, his name is Jesus. And... Uh, He's talking to his disciples, and he asked his disciples, he asked Peter particularly, particular, he said, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And Peter responded by saying, some say you're Jeremiah and Elijah or one of the prophets. And then Jesus got real personal with him. And I want to get real personal with you, and I want to look you right in the eye, and I want to ask you the same question. He said, but who do you think I am? Now, Is he a healer? Is he a savior? Is he a spirit baptizer? You see, is he a miracle worker? There seems to be some controversy uh, among certain groups of really who he is. But Peter knew who he was, and he said, Thou art the Christ. The son of the living God. Can I tell you, he is the Christ, the son of the living God. Oh, I'm going to say that again. He is the Christ, the son of the living God. That's who Jesus is. He's not a chant that we chant He's not a creed that we hold to. He's not a password on a bumper sticker. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. That means supernatural power resides in the name of Jesus. That means devils tremble at the name of Jesus. It means souls are saved, and there's only one name by which they can be saved, and that is the name of Jesus. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, Peter, this revelation is a rock. And so the title of my sermon tonight is this, on this rock I stand. On this rock I stand. Well, let me make it just a little bit clearer to you. On this rock, on this revelation, I plant my feet and tell the Supreme Court they're wrong. Come on, don't be afraid to clap your hands. They're not going to audit you. Come on. I said, on this rock, I plant my feet and tell Washington, D.C. and the Supreme Court of the United States it's not right for Adam to marry Eddie, and it's not right for Betty to marry Blanche. It's not right to cancel the day of prayer and then invite Muslims to the White House. It's not right. I've been to Muslim nations. If they catch you with a Bible in Muslim nations, you're put to death. You cannot bring a Bible into a Muslim nation. You know why? It's a rock and they're afraid of what's written in this book and the power of this book to change lives. I don't blame the devil. I wouldn't want to bring one of these in either. You know why? Because this Bible can not only change a Muslim nation, this Bible can change a family. This Bible can change a church. This Bible can change a city. This Bible can change a denomination. This Bible can even change some of you. If you will get up on top of this rock and say, Right here on this rock I stand. Christ is the son of the living God. He's not a denomination. He's not a religion. He is a person. His name is Jesus. He came from God. He lives today. He is the Christ, the son of the living God. On this rock I stand. We live in a generation that continues to try and destroy the foundation that the church was founded on. But the psalmist said in Psalms 11 and 3, he said, if the foundation be destroyed, where do the righteous stand? If we don't stand on this book, we have nothing to stand on. Are you still here? I said, if we don't stand on this book, we have nothing to stand for or to stand on. And if we don't stand up for this book, One woman had this book taken out of our classrooms while a a church sat around chanting dead creeds around burnout altar fires and arguing about doctrine. One woman named Madeline Mary O'Hare had this Bible taken out of our schools. Come on, I'm talking to you today, and if we're not careful and we don't stand on this rock, it won't be long, they'll not only take it out of the schools, they'll want to take it out of the church. they want to take it out of the nation. Are you still here? Come on, I'm telling you, I am, I am stirred up. I don't mind telling you, on this rock, I stand. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, the writer of Corinthians said, For no other foundation. Can any man lay than that which was laid by Christ Jesus? What was that foundation? I am the Christ, the Son of the Living God. It's not up for it's not up for debate. Come on. It's not up for a vote. Jesus is the Son of God. Come on, it's not up for a vote. We are a Christian nation. When those when those 102 pilgrims got in that boat 26 foot wide, 113 foot long, came across that ocean, stepped out, amen, and read the Mayflower Compact, it said, we have come here to establish a nation for the glory of God. It's about time that Washington realized, it's about time you realized, it's about time the church realized that Jesus, hallelujah, is the Christ of the Son of God, and this America is a Christian nation with a Christian foundation. On this rock I stand. This book that I hold in my hand has refreshed and cooled the fires of affliction for martyrs who were burned at the stake, who would rather die than deny it. Preachers today are afraid to preach it. It's been a pillar where weary saints rest their head. It's been an anchor for those tossed on the sea of life. This Bible I hold in my hand is the only reliable franchise and foundation for Christian hope. This Bible... Has prevailed over time, enemies, emperors, and empires. I have a copy of Life magazine on the front cover where it says, God is dead and the Bible is obsolete. Time magazine is out of business. This is still the best selling book in America. On this rock, I stand. On this rock, I stand. Agnostics, atheists, infidels have conducted funerals for this book. But in the middle of the interment, as they're reading the eulogy, this book exits the pallbearers and continues to change lives. Because it's this book that introduces us to the Christ, the Son of the living God. There was a time when Russia was the most powerful nation on the planet. And in their dictionary, they gave a definition of the Bible. And here's what it said. It's a book of fables, myths, and fairy tales. But need I remind you, the great nation of Russia has fallen, and the word of God is still standing. Oh, that deserves more of a hand than that. This book has traveled more roads, knocked on more doors, and changed more lives than any book in the history of the world. This Bible is supernatural in origin, divine in penmanship, infinite in scope, universal in interest, infallible in authority, unequaled in value, inerrant in all of its statements, inexhaustible in adequacy, and life-changing in power and inspired inspired absolutely and totally by the Holy Ghost. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16. This Bible said in Romans 10, 17, for faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And this book says in Hebrews 10, chapter 11, verse 6, without faith. It is impossible to please God. And in verse 1, now, faith is the substance of things folk for, the evidence of things not seen. Mark 11, 24 says, what things so you desire when you believe, When you whatsoever things you desire when you believe, or when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. This book says, if you have faith, you can say to a mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and it shall not be able to to resist you because of the power that I hold in my hand in this book. I'm talking about on this rock I stand. On this rock I stand. This book I hold in my hand convicts sinners, instructs, and enlightens believers. This book. This book contains the most authentic history ever reported, the best covenant ever written, and the best will ever executed. It's a reflection of the past, a mirror of the present, and a prophet of the future. This Bible, this book that I hold in my hand, its pages have been drenched by tears of millions, turned by fingers in agony as the blood of martyrs was being spilled. A Snipers from pulpits and college professors from uh, podiums have loaded up their humanistic six guns and shot at this book. And where they have wounded it, they have not destroyed it. Why? It's still alive and well. The Bible said not one jot or one tittle of this book will pass away until all be fulfilled. The college professors are dead. Amen. The unbelieving agnostic and infidels are in their grave. But this book is still alive and well. This book is still saying you can be born again. You can be set free. You can be delivered. On this rock I stand. This this book. Jesus is on every page. Faith is in every word. Hope is in every verse. Forgiveness is in every chapter. Grace is in every paragraph. And love is in every syllable. This book. It'd do some of you good to just read it and quit using it to look religious. It would do some of you good to just read it instead of laying it in your pew to save your place. It would do some of you good if you would just read this book. It might scare the living hell out of you if you were to happen to read this book. Come on. You know, I can carry my iPad into an elevator and people will look at me as a business person. But I can take this Bible in my hand and walk on the same elevator and they'll get off at the next floor because they don't want to travel all the way up with this book. That's the power of this book. And if the church ever gets back to preaching this book, loss will come to Jesus. Sick bodies will be healed. Marriages will be put back together. And America, once again, will rise out of the ashes of adversity again as a greatness nation. Come on, it's going to take more than Hillary Clinton. It's going to take more than Donald Trump to save this nation. It's going to take people like you and I that get up on this book and say, on this rock I stand. When I get through preaching, I don't want any doubt where I stand. You know, we have seeker sensitive churches. That means don't get too loud or too serious, or sinners will feel uncomfortable. Don't laugh at me. Thousands of people are coming every Sunday to those kind of churches. Come on, they have to put a coffee shop in the lobby just to wake them up before they drive home. They got a dead preacher preaching a dead sermon to a bunch of dead people and they wonder why they're frustrated and their lives falling apart. I came in church as a mainline heroin addict. I came as an alcoholic. I never did one good thing in my life but the first night I heard this book preached I walked down there, I laid my drugs on the altar and I walked away from that 48 years ago and I took a stand on this book and I'm telling you this book has brought me 48 years later, I'm still free, I'm still delivered. Hallelujah on this rock I stand this book is a comfort to the broken hearted a lighthouse to those needing direction a bomb in Gilead for those whose body is racked in pain it's a sword, it's a fire, it's a hammer, it's a road map it's a lamp no tyrant can consume it no condition, tradition can choke it no infidel can corrupt it and no atheist can ignore it on this rock I stand. It was taken from the classrooms of America. And now our students are shooting each other. Come on. It was taken from the pulpits of the church. And now 50% of Christian marriages are ending in divorce. You haven't marital problems, sleep with this book. Come on, you got a stubborn husband, get this book and lay it over on his chest. Come on, just get up in the middle of the night and start reading it. On this rock I stand. This is the word of God. It's been taken from our homes. Nobody reads the Bible as a family anymore. I just heard the other day, Arbitron says that now 10 hours is spent in front of a television set by the average American. Some people in church are more worried about somebody befriending them on Facebook. Let me tell you something that will change your life. Get your face out of Facebook And put your face in this book. See, some of you used to hunger after this book, but it's been a long time since you really took the time for this book. And that's why your life's messed up. This religion today, there's no cross to bear. Just be the best you can be. Well, the best you can be ain't going to get it. You see, this book says, take up your cross and follow me. This book says, forsake the world and turn to Christ. Oh, but Brother Payne, you're so out of touch and you're so outdated and and that's old-fashioned. Well, so is water, but try living without it. Oh, we may put it in a fancy bottle, but it's still water. And men die without it. And I'm going to tell you something. Jesus said that this is bread for the hungry, and it's water for the thirsty. I wonder what the Apostle Paul would say tonight to this slick, sophisticated, intellectual, computer-savvy society that you and I are part of what do you say just be the best you can be I'm just kind of waiting until the shouting dies down here for a moment I can't hear myself above all the babies are louder than you are and you call yourself a Christian come on amen I'm preaching about this book how many of you remember when you came to church and you was messed up Come on, your life wasn't going anywhere. You was messed up and you came to church and somebody began to read this book or preach this book and all of a sudden something came over you. You realize I don't want to be like this anymore. My God, I got to get right with God and they gave you an invitation. You ran to that altar and this book changed your life. Come on. Well, what happened? I never have cooled off. In 47 years, I never backslid. I, I never, you know, ha- I've had bad days, you know, but my, my worst day as a Christian was better than my best day as a sinner. Come on. Amen? But I, I got to read this book every day. It's my life. Come on. It's what, what I thrive on this book. I'm talking about on this rock I stand. I can tell you what Paul told Timothy. He said, preach the word reprove, rebuke with all long suffering. Today we're afraid of preaching the gospel, afraid some tither's going to get mad and go somewhere else to church. Come on. Amen. i tell them, don't let the door hit you. Amen. And you make up the rest of it yourself. Come on. Amen. I'm going to preach this gospel. If if, if you don't like it, I'm going to preach it anyway. Come on. If you get mad at me, I'm going to preach it anyway. I didn't come here to win man of the year. Amen. Or to win your friendship. I come here to tell you that Christ is the son of the living God. I come here to tell you that this is a rock that you can stand on. And it'll stand the test of time. In 2 Chronicles chapter 5, in the dedication of Solomon's temple, when he built the temple, uh, he he sacrificed 22,000 oxen, 124,000 sheep. He was ushered in by 300 armed guards on each side carrying gold and shields. But nothing happened. Until they brought in the ark that contained the parchment of the word of God. And when they brought the ark in, the glory of God fell and they fell on their face. Come on, I believe that power that they knew in Solomon's temple can be felt in the church today. And sinners can fall under the conviction of God if some preacher would be brave enough to stand up on this rock and preach this gospel uncompromisingly. The Bible said in Acts chapter nineteen, verse twenty, that the key to the Pentecostal Church of the Book of Acts was not speaking in tongues. I, I I shudder every time I hear somebody say, "You know, I got the baptism of the Holy Ghost and I spoke in tongues." And the next question I have: How many people you wanted Jesus since you got it? You know, people have come, and I don't know why this is, Pastor. People have come. If somebody breezes through town and they say, are going to teach people how to prophesy, they'll come and set six weeks in a class to learn how to prophesy. You let somebody come through town and say, I'm going to teach you how to win the lost. You'll be a lonely person. You'll be like the Maytag repairman by the time that, that thing's over. And and I believe in prophecy, and I believe in all the supernatural things, not spectacular things. There's a lot of things that happen in the world are spectacular that we call supernatural. Listen, if, if you fall out, that ain't supernatural all the time. It can be spectacular, you know. Come on, somebody blows on you and you fall down, you think that's a supernatural. It may just be their breath, I don't know. But you see... Let me tell you something. If it's supernatural, when you get up off that floor, you're going to be changed. You ain't the same person that fell down there on that floor. I don't mind folks falling in the spirit, but we ought to walk in the spirit when we get up. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. And you can't do that unless this is your rock that you're standing on because Christ is the son of the living God, and he'll talk to you. Amen. The Bible said the secret of the book of Acts, church in Acts chapter 19, verse 20, it says, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. On this rock I stand. First of all, I believe Jesus was born of a virgin, that there was no sin in his blood, that he was the immaculate incarnate son of the living God, born of a virgin. And on this rock I stand. I know the church differs with me on that. About 50% of different denominations do not believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. But you see, on this rock I stand. This book says that The angel of God came to Mary and said to Mary, who was a virgin, and the Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and that which is conceived in you shall be from God, and his name shall be called Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. Come on, that's what this book says. You know, somebody asked me about this book, said, do you really believe... Can you really believe with your mind that the whale swallowed Jonah? I said, let me tell you, if this book said Jonah swallowed the whale, I believe it because this is the Word of God. It's about time you realize it is the Word of God. And when you speak it, devils back up. When you speak it, come on, the glory of God comes down. When you speak it, angels surround you. Amen. And fight with you and fight for you when you speak this Word. This book says that when we come to church, we're to enter these gates with thanksgiving in his courts with praise. This book says that we're to clap our hands, all of you people. This book says we are to shout to God with a voice of triumph. This Bible said that we're to dance before the Lord. This Bible says on this rock I stand. On this rock. And let me close. This is my second close. I believe Jesus died for your sin. And I believe when you come to Christ and you confess your sin it's just like you never sinned. I can't get no help. And the reason I can't get any help is because some of you have been listening to the devil. And he'll remind you, didn't you know what you did back there? Don't you remember what you did back there? No, I don't remember. Uh, Past 1968 at 10 minutes after 10 on November the 3rd, I don't remember back beyond that. I have a slight recollection of my life before Christ. But can I tell you for a moment what happened after that? I was delivered. I was set free. I had a hunger for this Bible. I read this Bible through 25 times the first year I was saved. I committed over 5,000 scriptures out of this Bible to memory that I still retain to this day. You know why? Because I realize if I'm going to stay delivered from drugs, i got to get the Word of God in me. I realize that if I'm going to stay free, i got to get the Word of God in I realize if I didn't want to be like some of you, i got to get the Word of God in me. I'm talking about these people that just come to church. Hey, you ought to be glad I'm here. I believe Jesus was crucified. I believe on the third day, he rolled away the stone and walked out the first fruits of the resurrection. Some of you don't believe that. I can tell by looking at you. If you do believe it, you need to start acting like he's alive. Now, there's a lot of theory surrounds his resurrection. Uh, you know, we're supposed to be sympathetic to Muslims. Because of the Quran. And we're a loving nation. Understand what I'm talking about? But read the Quran. Two things in Quran, the book of Seth in the Quran. Here's what it says. Jesus did not really raise from the dead. It only appeared that he did. Now Paul said in First Corinthians, he said, If Christ be not raised from the dead, then our preaching is vain. So, if it's all right with you, I'll just stand on this rock and believe what God said, that on the third day Jesus walked out of the grave. Tied death and hell and grave to his chariot wheels and ascended to the father and put the blood on the mercy seat came back to this earth according to Acts 1 3 and showed himself alive by many infallible proofs being seen of men 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God and if it's alright with you I'll tell you what else he said he said go to Jerusalem and tarry till you be endued with my power because when the Holy Ghost comes upon you you shall have power not to speak in tongues but to be a witness to me in Jerusalem Judea Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So if it's all right with you, I'll just take my stand on this word and on this rock. I will stand. I believe Jesus is coming back just like he said. I believe 1 Thessalonians four thirteen. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, in the voice of an archangel, dead and Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Whereby I comfort you one another with His sins. I believe 1 Corinthians 15, fifteen fifty five. Death will be swallowed up in victory. This mortal will put on immortality. This corruptible will put on uh, incorruption. Amen. And death will be swallowed up in victory. I believe uh, that one day, if I go by the way of the grave, one day the trumpet will sound. I'll come out of that grave, and I'll be joined of my spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'll be resurrected by the power of God. But you don't hear people talk about the Lord coming back much anymore. We used to write it in our songs. We used to sing about it. We don't do that much anymore. Two more things. I believe, according to this book, John chapter 3 verse 3, you must be born again. Oh, come on. I'm not talking about joining the church. I'm not about talking about singing in the choir. I'm not talking about being baptized. I'm talking about being born again. When you get born again, you ain't the same old person you always been. If you're the same old person you always been, guess what? You the same old person you always been. If you go to the same old places, you same old person. You talk the same old way, you same old person. You act the same old way, you same old person. You still cuss like you used to cuss, you same old person. Got to change. I just fly off the handle. You ain't on a handle. Get born again. Come on. You change. You change. You must be born again. Well, how do I get born again? Romans 10. Verse 9 and 10 said, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, believe that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Romans 10, 13 said, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But you know, people sit in churches every Sunday, and they're in the church, but they're unconverted. They've never been saved. I was preaching at a Baptist church, and the pastor's wife got saved. <laughs> Both graduated from Baptist Bible College. Both had degrees, and she'd never been saved. She grew up in pastor's home. She always thought she was saved because she was raised in the pastor's home. Listen, when you get to heaven, Jesus ain't going to ask you who you know. He's going to say, uh, what person did you hang out with on earth? He's going to just ask you, uh, why why should I let you in? And there's only one answer there. I've been to the cross. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. My name is, if you read that book, my name's in that book. I remember the night it was written in that book, and it's still there to this day. On this rock I stand. Old-fashioned, call me what you want to. I really don't care. I spent my life, the last 40 years, full-time, defending the faith of this book. I'm not going to stop preaching it. I started on a Dempsey Dumpster in front of the Piggly Wiggly in Chattanooga, Tennessee, because they wouldn't let me preach at church. Every Saturday morning, I was there, and the only message I knew is you're going to hell. That's the only one I'd ever heard. So when they come out of the Piggly Wiggly, I stood up on that dumpster and held my Bible up. And I, I borrowed the Bible because I didn't have money to buy one. I borrowed the Bible and I said, every one of you going to hell, all of you going to hell. <laughs> it's the Only message I knew. And I got me some index cards and I thought, well, I'm going to win people to Jesus and I'm going to write their name down on these index cards. And that first year on that Dempsey dumpster and Piggly Wiggly. I led 1,200 people to Jesus that came to do their grocery shopping. Come on. Some of you want to do something for God, there's a wide open world that's lost going to hell. You don't have to wait somebody opens a pulpit up to you, amen, or you got a television program, you can reach people right on the job. You can reach people right on the neighborhood. You don't have to wait. Come on, you can do something for God. On this rock I stand. Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Those who are, are baptized and believe, they shall be saved. Those that are not, they shall be damned. He called me to preach the gospel. On this rock, I stand. One final thing, and I'm finished. Uh, I believe Jesus is the answer to every question and the solution to every problem in humanity. And if you will make him real to people, you see, you can fool Christians. Christians are gullible. They believe everybody's wonderful. I've been in the ministry and, been, and had those wonderful pastors steal my offering enough to tell you that everybody ain't wonderful. <laughs> I've been in church long enough to have people steal CDs and music CDs off of my table all in the name of Jesus. Jesus. And everybody's not wonderful. There's one thing a sinner knows whether you're real or not. Hello. A sinner can read you like a book. You can go through all your emotions, but if you ain't real, it takes them about five minutes to figure out you ain't real. I was following the car around the mall one day, had a bumper sticker said, Honk if you know Jesus. I kept honking. She told me I was number one and cussed me all the way outside. <laughs> People at home know where you're saved or not. People you live with know if you're sold out or not. And I'm finished preaching tonight, but I, I can't take my seat until I know everybody in this building Is where you need to be with Jesus. Come on. How many of you, and don't lift your hand until I ask you to, but you say, Brother Payne, I could spend more time in the book. See, the devil likes to manipulate people's time. If he can get you to watch enough television and spend enough time on the Internet, you won't have time to get in the book. Well, I'll not say this, but I'm going to. If pastors would spend more time in the Bible and less time with the golf course. I have pastors tell me all the time, I call them and I say, I really feel led that God would have me come to your church. And you know what they tell me? I've heard about you. And I got this church just like I want it. And I don't want you to mess it up. Folks, this nation is in a mess because the church is in a mess. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Just because it says church on the sign doesn't make it a church. Most of the time, it's just a crowd. A church is reaching the lost, healing the sick, casting out devils, and preaching the gospel. A church is. You read Revelations chapter 3, there's an autopsy of a dead church. <laughs> he said, you have the reputation that you're alive, but you're really dead. And then he goes on to define through the autopsy how they died. Hello. Amen. God didn't fill you with the Spirit to sit around talking tongues. He didn't fill you with the Spirit just so you could, you know, try to prove to people how spiritual you are. The bottom line is souls that are going to hell all around us. And we're not reaching them. Come on. Church needs revival. Church need don't, don't, don't sit there and look at me like that. How many of you could spend more time in the Bible? How many of you look what happened in this culture and for a moment you say, well, maybe we do need to, to you know, tone down our message. Listen, God never intended for the culture to shape the Bible. He intended for the Bible to shape the culture. If we're not careful, there'll be a new Bible. I saw a church sign the other day. It was humorous, but it was true. It said, this is the light church, home of the 7% tithe, not 10%. (laughs) 45-minute services, not an hour and a half. We are the light church. It's quiet in here, and I'll tell you why the Holy Ghost is bringing conviction. God has just held the mirror up and let you look at yourself. That's what the Word does. James said, the Word of God is like looking in a mirror and then turning and walking away the same person that you were. It's time to change, folks. Come on. It's time to change. We've got to have revival. God has singled you out and put his hand on you to do something amazing and powerful. That's why I'm here and will come here every time I get an invitation. Because I want to be part of what God's doing. Blessed be the Lord. Blessed be the Lord. Hallelujah. Now. Let me ask you this, if Jesus were to come tonight over here in this area, is there any doubt that anybody be ready to meet the Lord? Have you let something come between you and Jesus and you need prayer tonight? Just by an uplifted hand, Brother Payne, please pray for me because God has convicted me and I need to do better. Raise your hand here in this section if that's you. All right? What about this section here? Brother Payne, pray for me. I, I want to do more for Jesus. Hold your hand up. Praise God. What about this section here? Come on. Come on! I see. Uh, this is the 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 the. the you know, group that needs something. Amen. The, all y'all righteous, religious folks over here, y'all all right. But this group here, y'all need something. Hold your hand up. I need something. What about this group here? Amen. Praise God. You didn't know when you divided them tonight that this was all the ones that didn't need anything and this was the ones that needed something. Amen. But I think we all could raise our hand and say, God, we need more of you. Come on. We need more of you. We, my I held my wife's hand. I married 47 years. I held her hand with tears in my eyes. I knew she was leaving this world. I was quoting the 23rd Psalm. She looked up at me and she said, James, will you promise me to the day you die that you'll reach the lost? Will you promise me? James that you'll always preach the gospel and you'll tell people the truth. James, promised me you won't ever compromise. James, promise me that you'll preach the gospel and that you'll get as many people to Jesus as you can. I'm here tonight to fulfill a promise to an angel God let me live with for 47 years. And listen, church, I pray that that burden will fall on your heart tonight and you won't leave here like you came. Would you bow your head with me right now? I'm gonna pray with you. Lord, you saw our hands that were lifted tonight. Lord, I thank you for this community gathering they're reaching out and ministering to people in benevolence Lord and and I thank you for that because people are in need but Lord beyond that we got to reach out and throw a lifeline to those who are perishing on their way to hell without Jesus Lord we got to realize you died for the sinner and you're coming back Lord you're coming back for those that are saved Let let a holy ghost conviction fall upon this crowd tonight Lord let us be unsatisfied just to be entertained as believers God let us be enlightened oh Lord let us be encouraged Lord let us be empowered and realize that our mission is to reach the lost souls around this world in Jesus name I pray amen and amen could we give the Lord a shout of praise could we give him a hand clap oh thank you Jesus oh come on can we just praise him a moment thank you Jesus now while you're standing I believe God heals I believe God's a healer and if you're sick tonight just slip up your hand and say I I need a touch in my body I, I need Jesus to touch my body is there anyone in this section just keep your hand up listen how many believers know the Bible said these signs shall follow them that believe Mark chapter 16 we got believers I want some believers to come and just lay your hand gently over on those who raise their hand what about this section here brother Payne I'm sick I need a healing in my body there's a woman right here some believer come lay hands on her what about this section, you're sick, hey, amen, this woman right here, give me a believer here, come on, give me a believer here. Amen. What about this section here? Anybody sick here, you need a touch. You need God to heal you. Praise God. Honey, I'll pray for you. Take my hand right now. Amen. I want us to pray. Father, you said in your word, if any sick, Lord, call for the elders of the church. Lord, let them pray the prayer of faith, and you shall raise them up. Lord, as I take this woman's hand tonight, set myself in agreement with her according to Matthew eighteen eighteen. as touching this one thing, the power of God heals and delivers and set free. I ask your power to touch this woman right now. Deliver her and set her free, along with all these who raised their hand tonight, Lord, we're praying for healing, we're praying for miracles, and Lord, on this rock, I stand, and thank you in advance for what you're going to do, in the name of Jesus. What does a big trouble, children, step on you. Trouble children, step on in. What does it being trouble, children? Step on in. Let Jesus heal your body now, wash away your sin. What does it being trouble, children? Step on in. There was a pool in Bethesda where they brought the sick and lame. There was healing in the water when the angel came. What Jesus did. Bible days, he's doing once again. The waters it be in trouble, children, step on in. Well, in trouble, children.
0: Well, friends, did you raise your hand? Did you feel God tugging at your heart? Would you like to pray a prayer and ask God to come into your heart? Maybe pray a prayer and ask God back into your heart. Maybe you were saved a long time ago and you've gotten away from God. Whatever the case is, pray with me right now and ask Jesus Christ into your heart right now. Pray with me, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I want to be a Christian. Lord, I ask you to give me a new heart. Come into my life right now and change me from the inside out. And I will live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Now if you prayed that prayer and if you meant it with all your heart, then you give us a call here at 618-383-2107. And we will send you more material to help you with your new walk
3: with Christ. what does it trouble children, step on in. trouble children, step on Let Jesus...
1: Gary, this has been an awesome, awesome ride in the cab. But I hear that driver up there, man, and he's downshifting. I think the truck stop up here, he's fixing to pull <laughs> in too.
0: I know you're right about that, Dennis. I see the lights are coming up. So we want to thank all of our listeners for letting us ride along with them in the cab. So, Daryl, let's close today's program. And drivers, my friend, Gary Rayburn,
2: has a song called At the Foot of the Tree that Dennis McKay uh, recorded for
0: Gary and did an awesome job. And uh, that's the first song that we've done on- It is. On uh, Lonesome Road Volume One. Volume One, that was the very first one. Yeah. Here is Dennis McKay singing At the Foot of the Tree.
1: life lost without hope 18 wheels of lonesome at the end of the road in my hand was a track the preacher had read his words still echoing in the back of my head I felt so ashamed when I thought of my past Broken hearted and lonesome, so long I've been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree. Those eighteen wheels are rolling. at the foot of the cross, brokenhearted and lonesome, so long I'd been lost. I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree.
0: hear from you my phone number is 618-383-2107 or you can call chaplain dennis mckay 662-889-2829 or you can give chaplain daryl spicer a call 615-663-3199 and we'll be in the cab with you next week that's right i'll be right here
1: with gary and with daryl shifting gears and drinking coffee that's it yeah
2: we'll talk at you later there you go Thank you.
1: Rolling down that Easter Seaboard I got my diesel turned up And she running like never before Well there's a speed zone head alright But I don't see a cop in sight Six days on the road And I'ma go make it on tonight. I got me ten forward gears And a Georgia overdrive no peels cause my eyes are open wide I just passed a farble and a white I've been passing everything in sight Six days on the road and I'm gonna make it on tonight I'll take it home on down the line i'm a little overweight and my log goes way behind nothing bothers me tonight i can dodge all the scales all right six days on the road and i'm a gonna make it on tonight well my rig's a little low but that don't mean she's slow the flame from its stack and the smoke blowing black as coal Well, my hometowns are coming in sight And if you think I'm happy, you're right Six days on the road and I'm gonna make it home tonight Six days on the road and I'm gonna make it home tonight I said six days on the road and I'm gonna make it home tonight Yeah, mama, here I go.